This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Hunting boots are a critical component of any successful hunt. Whether walking a short distance to your blind or trudging miles through rugged terrain, your feet are carrying the load. Without the right boots, you could give up early and lose out on that trophy just over the ridge. At Midway USA, we make selecting boots for your next hunt easier. With just a few clicks of a mouse, you can decide on what's important, like waterproofing, insulation, size, width, and savings. For just about everything for shooting, hunting, and the outdoors, check out MidwayUSA.com. All right, guys, we are back with another episode, and it is late this evening when we're recording this. We had to shuffle our schedules around, got a little bit of a late start, so we're just going to jump right into this. If this is your first time listening, this is the Chase and Tales Outdoor Podcast. I'm your host, Walt. And I'm your co-host, Chase. There it is. And uh, we just seek to bring you inspiring stories from all over the country, all over the world, to just motivate you to get up off the couch and get out there and get after it. So... Um, this podcast is brought to you by Wild Edge Inc., the maker of the simplest, lightest, most efficient climbing method for all your deer hunting needs. So give them a, a look at wildedgeinc.com. And if you use the promo code ChasingTales10, that's one zero, you get to save $15 off any order of steps. You can hear my boykin in the background barking, I think, guys. Um, she's ready for her dinner as well. So we're going to cut to this. We had an epic guest jess bond was on this week and boy does she have some stories yes she did she did sounds she's kind of uh new to uh hunting and that was kind of uh cool to listen to and she brought some turkey hunting aspect and some uh noodling in there too so it was great to hear uh, her perspective on those uh outdoor activities Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, let's, let's go ahead and jump to the, to that episode. I, I can tell you this much that we're going to have Jess back on. We're going to have, uh, hopefully her husband back on maybe live here in Florida or live in Oklahoma, as you can tell there at the end of the podcast. Um, there, there's a lot to discuss. A lot was said, and, and I could just tell that there are guests that we could just continue to have on the show and just, it would always be refreshing stories. Um, so what do you say we go ahead and, and jump into the podcast? Yep, let's jump uh, right in. All right, here we go. I am thrilled to say that uh, this is our first Oklahoma. Is it? Oh, how do you say it? Is it Oklahomian? Yeah, 
Yeah, Oklahoman. Oklahoman. Okay. The there, there you yeah. go. <laughs> this uh, this will make my uh, mother in law really happy. That's her home state, and uh, so Ooh. yeah, she she's a she's a listener, and she's gonna have a, a good time hearing this story, I'm sure. But uh, I've got Jess Bond on the line tonight. How are you doing? I'm doing awesome. Thank you so much for having me and letting me hang out with you guys for a little bit. Absolutely. Thanks for coming on the show. I mean, this is this is awesome. It's turkey season. There's a there's a lot of good fishing, a lot of good hunting happening across the the country right now, and we're just thrilled that you can come on and talk about it. Yeah, yeah, I'm excited to talk about it because <laughs> I have been waiting for way too long. <laughs> you know, it's I hate that lull in between. You know, um, once whitetail season ends. You kind of just have to hang out and make it through the cold weather. And then whenever springtime hits, it's like, oh, my gosh, I'm so thankful. (laughs) (laughs) So before we get into that, why don't you give the listeners kind of a rundown as to to who you are, where you're from. And, uh, you know, we we touched before uh, the podcast started. I think you said that turkey and and some other things were your favorite favorite pursuits. Tell the listeners a little bit about yourself. All right, cool. So um, I am Jess Bond. I live in Edmond, Oklahoma. I have grown up in Oklahoma my whole life. I am almost 32 years old. So I, um, I just started hunting about six or seven years ago, whenever I met my husband about a month after we started dating, he took me on my first hunt and it was a turkey hunt and I shot my first Oklahoma Rio. And so that's kind of how it all started. And I'm I'm, you know, a little different just because a lot of the women that I hunt with, they grew up hunting and I didn't. I grew up playing sports. I went to Oklahoma Panhandle State University and got my bachelor's in business management. And then I um, I went there to play basketball, but I ended up getting a cheerleading scholarship instead. So I cheered um, all four years of college and then moved to Oklahoma City or, well, Edmond and my husband or boyfriend at the time, he says, hey, you ever hunted before? I'm like, no, I mean, my dad hunted and he took me out and yeah, we got lucky, shot my first bird. And it was, it was so crazy because I thought, what am I going to do with my life? Now that sports are, you know, I'm done with sports because that's where I dedicated all my life, you know, everything to. And I was kind of getting bored with other things just because I I like the competition. I like, um, you know, just kind of like, being physical, um, challenge challenges. And then whenever he took me hunting, I thought, Oh my gosh, this is my answer. This is, you know, I could, I could do this. I could get into this. And, um, so we started, I started hunting a little bit and then my husband, he got um, the opportunity to hunt with Buck Ventures on the sportsman's channel. And he, yeah, yeah. He, or he shot a, um, 198 inch whitetail in Kansas and he self filmed it. And, um, Jeff Danker saw it, said, hey, we want you on the show. You're already filming. And so he, uh, my husband, filmed and hunted with them for two years. And uh, my husband told me that if I really wanted to get into hunting whitetail, because that is his passion, um, that I needed to film and go out and film him so I could learn animals, respect the animal, um, and just really value it, not go out and harvest you know, a deer and say, okay, well, that's it. No, I really needed to value it and, and really feel it, you know, deep down inside. Um, because he was, you know, you know how, um, like Kevin Durant, he was, he was born and he could just play basketball. You know, he, he could just play basketball. You know what I'm saying? That's how my husband is. He was born a hunter. 
so um, that's that's not what he does. That's who he is. And um, I'm very thankful um, to to have one of the best teachers ever. And so he taught me through filming. And then after that, I put down the camera and we kind of broke off and started doing our own thing, which is the Outsiders TV, where we just talk about, you know, faith and family and and getting um, outsiders and, into hunting. Um, and we do that with our daughter Brinkley. She is three and a half years old and she is our only daughter or well, only child. <laughs> and, um, and, you know, uh, Christian and I both own our own, own our own businesses. And that's really awesome because it, you know, it, it helps us with our scheduling. We can hunt, you know, mo- or hunt whenever we want. Um, well, I, I guess I w- don't really want to say whenever we want, but we have a little bit more freedom and we're very, very thankful for that. Um, and we really feel like we have a great platform, um, that has been given to us. And so, yeah, um, that's pretty much me. I'm a mom. I own a, own my own business that's based around dental and I love to hunt in my, in my free time. And honestly, to just step away from being stressed out from being a mom and um, working the outdoors is, I always tell everyone, I say, you know, if I didn't have the outdoors, I would probably be in rehab because being a mom, (laughs) (laughs) being a mom and just, you know, just the way society is today, it's very, very hard to um, reach the demand that society asks of you, no matter what way you cut it. So I feel like that's where the outside or the out, outsiders and the outdoors, you know, all comes together for us. But yeah, that's pretty much me. And maybe I can fill in some gaps as we go. It's interesting. You have a, a similar story to Chase. Chase, you uh, just were both kind of like adult onset hunters. I've said that a lot lately on the on the past few episodes, but that perspective I'm sure is, is relates to, to chase more than it does for me. I grew up hunting. Um, what do you think was one of the biggest challenges? I mean, it's kind of hard to have any challenges when you've got a Kevin Durant of deer hunting. I know. Honestly, (laughs) honestly, that was, so I'm in, so there were, there's for me, two big challenges. One big challenge is like when you are, so another um, way to compare hunting with Kevin Durant. Um, so think about being in the gym and with a 300 pound, you are the 300 pound person and you're working out with like this Victoria's Secret model. And you're just like, screw you, leave because, you know, it's going to take me two years to look like you and you can sit over there and eat pizza and still look like that. That's kind of how I felt when I first started because I I mean, I would, I would hunt all day long for, for, you know, a buck. And then he would walk out three minutes after shooting light, throw his pack down, drop down um, on his stomach and just shoot one while it's running. You know, I I didn't even see it. All all I can see is it's rack. And I'm sitting here thinking, okay. And then I had harvested a buck and then my buck, the, um, I know it's not always about the size, but. At the end, whenever you bring haul in your two bucks and my rack could fit easily inside of his rack where it took me hours and it took him three minutes. I was like, ah, so that, that was hard. Um, 
it's great having him, but I had to get over and he was never, he was very humble about it, but I was used to being good at sports. Like I was, I was good at basketball. I was good at cheerleading. I was good at business and to come into something that I wasn't good at. It was really, it was hard for me. So there's that. And then the other thing is, is as I started getting more involved in the hunting industry, if, if you could call it that, I hate saying that, but I really don't know how else to describe it. Um, I'm hunting with all these women who are younger than me. Most of them, if they're married, they don't have any kids and, 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 and they are, they are the sweetest. Like they were never, I mean, they're all awesome, but it was hard because, you know, they're already at a level that I'm not at. They're five to eight years younger than me. And in my head, I'm thinking, how can I, you know, hunt with, and I know it's hard. I was comparing and that was very, that was one thing that I struggled with personally. And I don't know if it's just because I'm a girl, but that was hard. Um, and I'm, I'm a lot better now, but before, whenever I first started, it was just hard because these girls, they could get out there and they could kick some butt and they had the time to do it because <laughs> I couldn't go run corn. I had to stay at home and take care of my baby and I had to cook dinner for Christian. So whenever he got home from running corn, he would have a hot meal. And so it took me a while to realize I am, you know, I am okay as I am. I am awesome as I am and not to be comparing, you know, to other women. So basically, I mean, it really is a comparison game and then just kind of getting kind of feeling okay in my own skin and where I'm at and um, just being confident with it. So that was me. <laughs> that, was, that was, Those are my two hard, um, hard things as I came in, you know, being 25, sure. 26 years old. Well, and I think I think I've even suffered something similar to that in that there's a lot of people who have outdoor podcasts that have more flexible schedules, cough, cough, chase, and uh, <laughs> and it's one of those things a where a lot more flexible. Yeah, yeah. It, I think he he works like one day a week. I think is what I've I boiled it down to. Um, it feels that way. He, he obviously works more, but it. I see these people who have got these opportunities and I'm like, God, I work 40 hours and I'm, I'm pursuing my CPA and, you know, I've got a, <clears throat> a wife that, you know, she needs things around the house. I need to spend time with her. And I think there's a, it, it's easy yeah. to get caught up in. If I just had more time, I could do more, you know? I, yes. But, yes. But that's what makes everybody's pursuit so unique and so individual to them is that your pursuit doesn't look like theirs and it's going to yeah. be awesome because of that. And they don't have the Kevin Durant of uh, deer hunting in their backyard. That's either. right. See? I mean, <laughs> so yeah, I mean, it helped shorten the learning curve. Oh my gosh. Yeah. That, that's one of the things nowadays is there's so much information out there like YouTube or podcast. I think that helps a lot of people kind of shorten their learning curve and hunting is all of the stories and information they can get like right now. Cause I mean, when I started hunting, 12, 13 years ago was a 21 year old with like no experience at all. I didn't really have a lot of that. So it was just a lot of trial and error and seeing other people kill, like I said, seeing other people kill stuff. And you're just kind of like, man, when is it going to be my turn? But as long as you put in the time, you got to think you just, as long as you get out there and start putting in the time, then you, your time will come too. And I've, that's what I found out over the past 12 years is now it's, it's kind of like, okay, I know what to do. I go out and get it done. So, yeah, um, absolutely. That's, that's where I'm, 
that's where I've been the past year, um, been able to know what to do, how to do it, get out there and not have, not need anybody's help really. And it's, and it's been so awesome. I, I think it's also to your benefit that you're, I, and I'm picking up on this. So if this isn't the case, you can tell me, but I think I'm right. You're a competitive person. As, as uh, you very, know. very. <laughs> so, so it's one of those things where you, you're up against odds. I mean, that's kind of, that's, that's what you thrive on, right? Like, I mean, that oh. that's, you can't be an athlete yeah. if you can't uh, mentally push through times that aren't uh, maybe the easiest. So I, 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 right. I think it's cool, man. I, I, I apply the same approach to public land hunting. My hunting's a little harder. So every time I have an encounter, it, 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 it fuels me, you know, more and, you know, people mm-hmm. like Chase that, you know, get to pick which deer in the field they shoot, you know, it just. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's, that's the, no, no, there's no bitterness. It's he. I'm just I'm playing with you. Yeah, he, he'll get me, all, he'll get me all the time when I'm at the office. He's like, you, you working? I'm like, yeah. And then he'll send me a selfie from the tree stand. So I have to, you know, he kills things. I make jokes. That's, that's our relationship. <laughs> exactly. That's perfect. I'm in my tree stand, he's in his, and I haven't seen anything, and he just shoots this big buck. And I'm yeah. like, if yeah. I was, if I wasn't a Christian woman, <laughs> what would I say to you? Oh yeah, and some yeah. people just have the, all the luck, man. That's what I contributed to. This. <laughs> I'm, I always say, better lucky than good. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That ain't no lie for sure. So you know, you you touched on what uh, the Outsiders TV thing, and, and I think I may may have picked up on a correlation. You know, the that that show is about bringing people into the fold. Was that fueled by you coming into the fold as a, as an, an uh, as an adult? Is that what kind of pushed that? Where did the, the means for that show come to be? So that is from my husband and he, his passion is sharing the outdoors with, with everyone. Like if he, so for example, um, two weekends ago was opening season for, for our youth for Turkey. And every year um, he's always taking, cause there's a lot of men out there that they were never, they never got the opportunity to hunt a lot. And so that is about the only time that they can really, if they were to take out their sons, they don't have the land. They, they haven't been scouting the turkeys. They don't really know. So they always call up Christian and they say, hey, man, you know, would you mind taking my boy out? He wants to go hunting. And so he does that. I mean, we had so every year he has one, if not two um, boys that come out. And one this year, um, we actually had his <clears throat> a guy flew his son in from, well, he came to from Washington so he could hunt, um, you know, in Oklahoma Rio. So, uh, that was really, it was, yeah. So, um, my husband, he just loves, like that was his escape. He had a, you know, a rough childhood as you know, many people do. And so he lived on a Creek in, you know, in a rural area. And so anytime something was going bad at home, he would, um, go to the woods and that's where he found sanctuary and that's where he found finds peace and he loves loves to share it with people and you know that if I would have gone hunting with someone else I mean I think I would have loved it but seeing it in his eyes and really seeing the passion that he had I almost I'm like okay I cannot wait till I can feel and see what what he what he does you know what I mean because it was it's so much deeper for him and it, and it has honestly become something so deep for me too. And 
he just, he loves taking, I mean, so real quick example. Um, his favorite thing to do in January is to go hunt the rut, a uh, public land rut in Arizona, um, a mule deer. And they are huge mule deer, but you have to be able to shoot really, really far with your bow. Um, so every year, once we leave shot show, I fly back home to pick up Brinks and he drives straight to, um, to Arizona. Um, and he will go out there probably like, um, a couple of weeks before and do scouting, nothing but scouting, setting on a hill, eating mountain house meals and just putting in the time, taking time away from work, you know, time away from us. And so he goes back and um, one of his friends says, Hey, I'm not doing anything. Can I go? He doesn't get to, he doesn't have the opportunity to go um, on those things. Cause a lot of those hunts cost a lot of money, but you know, public, public land over the counter there, you know, it's, it's not, as expensive. So Christian said, Hey, come on, you can come with me. You can ride with me, whatnot, or you, I'll pick you up from the airport. So he brings him in and it was a velvet muley, mind you. So he has spotted this huge mule deer. And he goes, this is probably one of the biggest ones I've ever seen. And, um, they get the stock on him, get the stock on him. And then he looks back and, um, his friend, his friend's name is Dustin. Dustin's just shaking and shaking. And so he actually, gives his bow to Destin and lets Destin shoot him. I don't think I could have done that because they had already been there for four or five days. You know what I mean? Waiting and waiting and waiting. And it's public land, you know? And it was, yeah. And um, I think it scored, I think 170 maybe. I mean, it was, it was, he's, yeah, it was big. And that's just, and then he did it again with the velvet muley too. Cause he, his, <laughs> he wanted he wanted a velvet muley so, so bad. Uh, and that was, you know, cause it's fun. So something about the velvet, you know what I mean? Yeah. It just yeah. Scores a little, you know, yeah, whatnot. Cool. Anyways, he did the same thing. Handed, um, guide brought someone along. It was his hunt and he ended up guy, you know, letting, letting someone else shoot. And I told him, I said, listen, if you do that again, <laughs> because I'm at home by my it's your turn. You're next. <laughs> I'm like, he tries to explain to me. He goes, if I shot, like seeing someone else shoot, mm-hmm. I mean, Dustin was crying, like a grown man, kids, wife crying. And he goes, that is what it's about. And that that's his passion. And that's, that's where the outsiders um, kind of, you know, I'm, I'm along for the ride and I'm having a good time. <laughs> I can I can surely relate to uh needing to get out of the house and uh escape a situation. That was that was one of the reasons why I didn't get into much trouble as a as a young kid was because most of my money went to you know, buying tackle, you know, buying a hunting license, yeah. that kind of thing. That's that mm-hmm. that speaks to me um heavily. So let's let's shift gears a little bit. You know, you talked about deer hunting, but that's not what we're kind of emphasizing tonight. I am thrilled to say that uh, we're going to be talking about one of your favorite outdoor inv- adventures so you, you you cut your teeth with whitetail as it sounds like when did yes when did the shift happen to actually let me back this up real quick what okay. what was the moment like that aha moment when you when you saw that passion in his eyes previously but then at what point did you feel that way was that turkey hunting or deer hunting and what was that like for you that was Honestly, I mean, I really, I've felt it a little bit and I thought, I thought that I had it 
you know, I started harvesting my own birds last year, my own turkeys. Um, and I think that was awesome. But this past fall, I harvested my first buck and I hunted it, hunted in 16 days in a row almost. And I shot him, shot him with my bow by myself. Thank God somebody messaged me on Instagram to help me pack him out because my husband was out of town guiding a mule deer hunt. And, um, yeah, so it was, I think it was being there and go and messing up doing like, you should have seen my gut job on this buck. It was terrible. I sliced right into the guts. It was nasty. I, but I'd never done it before. So I just tried to, I just figured it out. And, um, that was the point where I just stopped that night. I got home after doing everything from start to finish. And I looked at myself in the mirror and I'm like, oh my gosh, you did this. Like, you did this. And you didn't have anyone else telling you, like, you can really do this. Because, um, and that was my aha moment too. Because I always, like, I long to be a hunter. I long to... Um, be how how could I say it be um I wanted to give the respect to the outdoors and I wanted to be worthy of being out there I don't know if that sounds a little too deep but no (laughs) um that that was I wanted to be worthy of a harvest of a life and that was my thing and I know this sounds gonna sound terrible but harvesting a bird and harvesting a deer is a little bit different for me um just because um, maybe the bird, bird, birds are uglier. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> you have a reason. I mean, it's just something about deer you can see in their eyes. You can sure. see in their eyes. I don't know. So anyways, that's where it happened. And then now just these. So for turkey hunting um, this last weekend, um, I had been so stressed out. So stressed out because um, – it's, I am a bookkeeper, so I understand accounting. So I bookkeep for a lot of dental offices. So I am nice. very stressed out be, because it is tax season. And <laughs> I actually I actually got so stressed out. Do you know what shingles are? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I got yep. shingles. Holy cow. Um, yeah. So um, I cannot even tell you how much of a blessing just even last weekend being able to go out in the woods and turkey hunt on opening day. I mean, I literally drove back from Tulsa from a dental conference and just got in the woods and I went out and I haven't been calling for very long, but I, you know, I was, I was able to talk to the birds and they talked back to me and they were just a little bit out of range, but Oh my gosh, it was that, that was another aha moment for me which was just less than a week ago. Um, and I was like, oh, my gosh, thank you, God, for <laughs> for everything. Because I'm like, thank you for this. Because, you know, um, it is a true stress reliever to be outdoors. I mean, it was amazing. And then um, and just to be able to talk back and forth to an animal. I mean, that is so stinking cool, <laughs> you know, um, <laughs> So that was honestly, so that, you know, whitetail was the first part where I thought I'm worthy of this. And then now I'm almost seeing the reason why, um, how this fits into my life. You know, how, how is it, how, how does it benefit me? And it benefits me by, um, 
it keeps me out of rehab. No, (laughs) (laughs) but the thing is, is therapy. Yeah. Therapy. It is, it is therapy. It's an escape. And I truly believe like my life would not be what it is if I did not have the outdoors. With that, we would like to transition into you talking about some uh, Rio Grands. That's what you hunt in Oklahoma, correct? Yes. Yep. That's what we hunt. So that's it's just primarily Rios in your area. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, there are, you can get into some, you know, crossbreeding in like the Southeast and then up in the Northwest, like far um, panhandle ish, kind of towards Colorado. But for the most part, I mean, it's all Rios. Rios. Okay. So. Why don't you talk about let's let's say let's talk about your first uh, turkey harvest. What what happened? Were you hunting with someone, or were you hunting with your husband at the time when you first killed a turkey? Okay, and do you hunt with a bow or a gun? What what do you prefer? I I like both. I like to. Um, what we like to do is we like to roost our birds. And then go on the set up, you know, we don't set up under a roost, but we set up off away from the roost to where whenever they um, pitch down, preferably on our side that we're hoping they do. Um, we have a blind set up and then we have our bow set up right there and some decoys, that little decoy spread. Um, and then we have our bows. If that doesn't work out, we can hear them going a different direction. We leave our bows in there and we take our guns and we do running and gunning. That's what we do, and it's even better whenever, like, <clears throat> sometimes, I mean, you can shoot one with your bow, and then, you know, if it's in Oklahoma, so you can sh- you can shoot three birds in Oklahoma, and in some counties, you can shoot two birds. Other counties, you can only shoot one, but you, you have to, it's, it's kind of confusing, but if you're in a two-bird county, um, you could shoot one with your bow, and if, you know, you have a couple more toms over there flogging, you can just grab <laughs> Like I grab my Beretta and I'm like, all right, let's get a double. <laughs> nice. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's so fun. And I, um, I mean, I guess, honestly, I probably like running and gunning a little bit more, you know, kind of like a spot and stock with your gun just because like, I love to bow hunt. I do, I do, I do, but I also love to, this is gonna sound so terrible to see things go poof. <laughs> oh yeah, I'm I'm about it. Whenever you're shooting a turkey, I'm that's what a shotgun's for. I mean, it was designed for a turkey, not anything else to me. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> I want to see it roll. I want to see it flop. I want to see. I want to. S- yeah, because then there's no doubt most of the time that the turkeys. Uh, a lot of time with bow hunting, I mean, I'll you see the birds run off. It seems like. Unless you shoot them in the head with one of those big broadheads. But a lot of times they run off, and I'll see a lot of people lose them or have to shoot them again with their bow. So it seems like it's kind of a hectic with a bow because I've always just hunted them with a shotgun, especially here in Florida, because um, everything's so thick anyways. But, uh, yeah, that's awesome. That's that's what I uh, expected to hear. Now with the Rio, see, we don't, I mean, we don't have Rios here. We have Osceolas uh, primarily, and then we have some Easterns. Um, which are which are fun fun birds to chase. Now, talk to us about a Rio. Now, like, what is the personality of a Rio? Because we know what the personality is of these other birds, but talk to us about a Rio because I don't know much about them. So, Rios are a lot dumber than Easterns and Osceolas. I've never hunted Osceolas, but I have some good friends that live in Florida, 
Um, so I kind of, I have hunted, um, Easterns before and Rios, they, they talk to you. They're a lot more fun. You can, I mean, they're, they're, they're usually not, not as cautious, not as edge on edge. Um, they have beautiful fans. They don't have cutters the size of, you know, um, Easterns or, you know, even Osceola's, but I, I mean, I've shot some that have some some pretty pretty nice spurs up in northwest Oklahoma. I mean, I mean, an inch and a half, I think, is what one of mine was last year. Okay, that's a good size. Yeah. Yeah, that's even good for down here. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, and it was that's you know my biggest Rio, uh, not beard wise, but um, but anyways, yeah. So they. If you guys came to Oklahoma or Texas, you would have a ball <laughs> foiled here. Oh, no doubt. Okay, so so check this out. The first day, I so I have been um, practicing calling on my slate call every day. Every day in the car, I'll play like I have a little app. I'll play a you know a sequence, and then I'll try to play it back. You know, and just practice to get ready because I was like dying to turkey hunt, and um. I complete, I did a rookie mistake. Once I got back from the dental conference on opening day, I literally threw my camel on and just ran out into the woods and tried to head around and grab um, this group of birds. I forgot to rough and back up my slate call. So it was okay. really, really, and it's a, and it's a glass. So it was just, I could not get any tension and I was sitting there and <laughs> after a while screeching, screeching, screeching and I kid you not, these suckers were gobbling back at me. <laughs> not even kidding. <laughs> it doesn't happen I mean, here. Well, if they're fired up, it seems like yeah. birds would go with anything. So, yeah. I mean, they they are they're a lot easier. I mean, I'm not saying that all Rios are a lot easier, but shoot, everyone that I've you know dealt with, I mean, they they're more likely to turn around and and, and come at you. You know, whenever whenever they're whenever they're in the zone, they're in the breeding zone. They, I mean, they're fun to work with, and okay. um, and usually on the plane, like here, um, it's not as thick, so um, you could see a little bit farther, and and there's not, there aren't usually like a lot of mountains or anything like that. So, because I've hunted um, a mountain Merriam before, and let me tell you, that was hard just because you could hear them gobble and you think that they're way far off, and it's because you know they were in like a little, you know, a small little valley and. And they're facing the other direction. Here, it's it's going to be the best turkey hunting ever. We'll just we'll just put it that way. <laughs> it's right. I've I've heard that it was really good out in Oklahoma and Texas uh, chasing after Rios um, before. But I, like I said, I didn't. I I don't have any experience with hunting out there. I mean, the only turkey hunting I've really done is in Florida. So now you talked about using a, a slate call or a glass call, a pot call as we call it, with glass. Now, I noticed that your pot call, because I, I think I saw your Instagram post and you had a picture of it, was Longbeard Life. Yeah. Now, I actually work with one of the guys who is one of the founders of Longbeard Life. Um, his name is Josh Rogers. Um, I'm a firefighter, and he works for the, the same fire department that I work for. Um, so I, I thought that was kind of cool. I was like, oh, she's using a Longbeard Life call, and I actually <laughs> work <laughs> with one of the guys that uh, makes the calls. So yeah, that, he is his. Does his wife run Classy Rounds? Um, no, his wife. Um, his wife is a nurse. But I know, I know, he has a friend, or there's another firefighter at my department that's wife uh, does Classy Rounds. 
one of his good buddies. So he's probably just good friends with her. That's how I, so I work with Classy Rounds. Oh, okay. Yeah, Crystal. Crystal uh, Ennis. Yes, yes, I know her. Yep. And I thought her man's name was Josh, too. His name is Bubba. <laughs> That's what he goes by. But his, <laughs> his real name's her, but <laughs> he goes by Bubba. <laughs> Just call him Bubba. That's what he wants to be called. Yeah, yeah. she told me, she's like, you, you need to go by, you need to go by um, uh, Bubba's booth. And so I did, and they were great. And then they sent me a call, and I'm all about, and I, and I tried it out, and I, because I had a couple other people people give me calls or whatever, but he, he sent it to me. He sent me a bunch of mouth calls and he like wrote a note in it. Like, thank you for your support, you know? And to me that, that goes a long way with me. Um, it wasn't just, Oh, here's a call next. You know, he, you know, they took the time to package that and to send it to me. And so I really, I, I do appreciate, um, people, taking their time to do that because time is very valuable. So I started calling on it and it is a great call. I absolutely love that call. Um, and it looks cool too. So of course that makes you call better when your call looks good, of course. <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> but yeah. Are, are you able to, are you able to use a mouth call or any other calls or, or is that is this your primary? Um, I've been working on my mouth, my mouth call, but so my mouth is, Roof of my mouth is a little different, so I kind of I need the the back part. I'm not I don't really know like all of the what it's called, but the back part, like the flap, mm-hmm, it's a right. little it folds because it's a little too big, so the air comes through. You know, I don't get a good okay good seal. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah, and um and I know there's a way to fix that, but I just thought you know what instead of I was already stressed out. I'm like I'm gonna do something that I kind of know how to do, and um. In my spare time, I'll, you know, try to mouth call. So um, I just, I just really, I wanted to be able to get out there opening weekend and call, call my first bird, you know, or, or get a, get my first gobble. Yeah, it's always fun when you're going out for that first time. And I can remember the first time I ever took hunted. I mean, it was by myself and I was out there doing the same thing, just scratching on a pot call. <laughs> and when a bird fired <laughs> off, I was like, oh my gosh, it's the greatest thing ever. <laughs> but I just sat there forever and I'm like, I don't even care if they come in or not. This is great. <laughs> My dad yeah. told me to put the call away. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> First hunt, he, he he said, "Do you hear that dying over there?" And I didn't catch on. I said, "No, I don't." I sat there real quiet, and he goes, "Okay, well, let's see if we can get a turkey to talk." I started calling again. He goes, "There it is!" And finally, I caught on. I was like, "Okay, all right." <laughs> There's a drunk hen over there. Oh, oh, well, that's, well, that is, I mean, that's cool. Like I said, we didn't, we don't know a lot about the Rios and it sounds like you've, you've harvested with both shotgun and bow, right? Yes. Yes. I've, yeah. And the only time I've ever harvested an Eastern or a Merriam was with my bow. And I don't know how that happened. I just, Christian says I have good luck with turkeys, but. (laughs) Yeah. I think some people, like, it always seems like some people have really good luck with turkeys and then some have really good luck with deer. Yeah. And then you got a few that have really good luck with both, but. Um, I have a few buddies that, that seems like they have a lot more luck with deer or with Turkey and I have a lot more luck with deer, but I mean, I still get it done. It's just, I have to go to unconventional ways to kill turkeys. (laughs) (laughs) Um, That's an understatement. uh, You have to, you have to get, does does it get a little Western sometimes? (laughs) Oh yeah. Yeah. I have to, I have to belly crawl. I'm like the belly crawl king. So that's my thing. Yes. Am I, are you allergic to poison ivy? (laughs) I don't know because I've never gotten... I've never gotten into poison ivy, to be honest with you. So, 
it sucks, but my, my husband's very, very, very allergic to it. And last year on our last hunt, we went to Kansas and hunted a Kansas Rio. Um, he crawled all the way out, um, to put this decoy out because, you know, they, this, they were breeding, you know, this, this Tom was breeding a hen. So we went out and put a Jake out and, uh, he didn't like it, but whenever, (laughs) I mean, Christian, he had poison ivy all up his stomach because whenever he was crawling, because then once you put it out there, you know, you have to crawl back Yeah, and that pulls your, pulls it up. And so, and it was just, I, I mean, I was, I was so thankful to him, but I did you so kill bad. the bird? Oh yeah, I killed the bird. <laughs> okay, well, oh, that's all that matters. It's worth it then. <laughs> <laughs> my stomach uh, be damned. <laughs> my buddy, he got real bad poison ivy in Kansas. Whenever we went up there on a deer hunt, I guess putting tree stands up, and he mm. got it like on his fingers and rubbed his face and all that, and it was just it was just the vine, I guess. So. Um, I felt bad for him on that hunt, but luckily mm. I didn't get it. So, and I, and the funny part, I harvested a deer, but he, he wasn't able to. So then I even felt double sorry for him. <laughs> um, so, well, it seems like we've talked about Turkey for a little bit and we've kind of gotten to know, uh, Rios a little bit and hopefully maybe who knows, we can even get out there one day. But, uh, I was kind of interested in you talking a little bit about noodling because we've never had anybody on the podcast talk about noodling and it seems like it's something cool. And it looks like you've like, it looks like from pictures and stuff, like your hands get tore up. You got to get down in there. I'm afraid I probably couldn't even hold my breath that long if, uh, I had to go down after a catfish. So why don't you kind of go into noodling and talk to us a little bit about that? Cause I have like literally no clue about it. (laughs) Okay. So, um, basically, um, catfish, they, whenever the water temperature gets, you know, warm enough, that's whenever they go to start um, getting into their holes and getting ready to spawn and everything. And um, so that happens here in Oklahoma around like end of May, June, July. Um, so what happens is, and by the way, I didn't wear a glove one time and mm. I will never do that again. I, now I wear a sleeve, like a compression sleeve from Academy. And then I wear um, a glove because I'm like, I ain't, homie ain't doing that again. Cause that sucks. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, anyways, so basically, are you familiar, you know, a catfish teeth? It's kind of like really rough sandpaper. Right. Okay. okay. So basically when they bite, they're like a fish, they move back and forth. So when they bite, if you don't have um, a glove on, it's basically like a like a really bad Indian burn rash. Oh, that, I can see how that, that would be. So, so for the next few days, it just oozes out this yellow, nasty stuff, and it hurts, and it just cr- and you use your hands a lot. So every time you you know you reopen the wound, and it's it sucks. So, anyways, I'm like I I I wear a glove and a sleeve. So what happens is, or so what we do is we like to noodle creeks. There, there's an area where there's um, a couple big tractor tires that someone else put there. I don't know who did. Um, and there's sometimes there's barrels too because the creeks people throw things off bridges. Um, so you'll basically just be going in, uh, filling along the bank. And whenever you find a hole or a structure, um, you kind of just have to stick your hand in. And if you get bit, you will know it. And you kind of you know. And sometimes... Um, there are some areas that you, after doing it for a while, you know, okay, this is, this is, this feels catfishy. 
this looks like there's going to be a catfish in here. Um, so, or we have spots that normally have fish in it every year. We've kind of started, you know, to learn the area. My best one last year, there was a bank hole. Um, and the hole was, I mean, the hole was probably, the top of the hole was probably about six foot deep. Bottom was about seven foot deep. So it was, you know, I had to swim down. And whenever you um, uh, noodle in creeks, you have to wear tennis shoes and jeans because of a poison ivy getting there. Um, all the, you know, all the stuff around it. <clears throat> and whenever you're walking, you never know what you're going to run into. I mean, there's logs and all this stuff in there that you can't see because it's it's like chocolate milk water. Um, we have a like a, a little stick that you can because the hole goes way, 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 way in. So you kind of have to put the stick in to feel if there's a fish way in the back. Um, and so I felt it bump my stick. So came back up and I went back I came back up and I was like, you can do this. You can do this. You can do this because it, because it <laughs> takes a little bit to, to, to swim down there, you know, a little, you know, time with yeah. holding your breath. And then once you get down there, your body starts to float up. You know what I mean? So it's hard to stay down in there. And um, I only go in like, I don't go in both shoulders. I just stick like my right hand all the way in. I'm, you know, like my husband, he'll swim his whole body in. Not me. Not, I'm not, I'm not that brave yet. So I just, you know, I just stick (laughs) into my shoulders and then I just kind of slowly fill around. And then once it bites, you grab that bottom lip and it's an eat, like you can grab that lip. Um, and, and you kind of, you have to push it down on the ground to keep it from alligator rolling because these fish are strong and, you know, I'm not, I feel like I'm pretty strong, but you know, for a girl, but it, I mean, they're, they're just, they're incredibly strong. So you push them down and then you try to pull them out and then you grab with your, and then you take your left hand and push it through right in front of the gills. They have a little flap you fill for and you pull it through and then inside of the fish, you lock your arms, you lock them and, um, yeah, you pull the fish into you because if, if it's, if it's at all a little bit, you know, away from your body, you could lose that fish. And I will tell you that because I've done it before. Um, and then what I did is I just, sometimes the fish kind of swims you up. That's, it's so weird. Um, because at that time you, once you get down there and it bites you, you don't, you think, okay, you're going down. Like you get competitive. You're like, uh-uh. Cause I went down, went after it. <laughs> and then, um, I almost had it. And then it tried, it swam back away before I had it. It, it, I didn't, I couldn't get my left hand around it. And so I shoved it back in the hole, came up, got a breath, went back down, grabbed it. And this one in particular, actually, um, the second time when I went down, it bit me, but it put my whole hand in its mouth. Like it swallowed my hand. So I couldn't obviously grab the lip. So all I did is I had, obviously I had a hold of it cause it was biting, um, like my forearm and I just pull, I just pulled it up to my body and I just shoved my other hand through it. It's like right in front of its gill, um, in that flap. And I just held it in as tight as I could. And I, cause I was like, you are not getting away this time <laughs> and swam it up. And, and it's kind of, it's because I'm competitive. You know, it's one of those things. I mean, yes, I, I get terrified sometimes. It just depends on what day it is. Um, sometimes I'm like, okay, you can do this. You can do this. You can do this. You can do this. Um, 
sometimes, you know, usually there's somebody has a cooler. I'm like, just give me a couple drinks of your beer because I need to do this. <laughs> I, having a beer is okay, <laughs> especially before you uh, go noodle. Um, so anyway. Need that liquid courage. Yes. And, yes. And you yeah. kind of have to like, you know, get real pumped up. The guys will be like, let's do this. You got this, you know, or this is your fish. This is yours. <laughs> you sometimes you have to, because if you are, I'm serious because listen, if you, I know you are, it's just such a bizarre thing to, to get hyped to catch a fish, you yeah, know, it's awesome, man. but it's with your hands and it's, yeah. yeah, it's totally different. Yeah. Yeah. Whenever you are out of the water, like if you're out of the water and you're, you know, cause you never noodle alone, like never, because right. especially if you're noodling rocks and stuff, if a rock falls, I mean, it could kill you. People die from that, you know, noodling rock shifts. You know oh, what wow. I mean? Like you just, you have to be careful yeah. with that kind of stuff. Um, so if you're above, like Christian was sitting on the bank, um, well, bef- I mean, he, he could hear, he could hear me getting bit. And so what it sounds like is it kind of, yeah, you can what? hear it and then you can feel it in the water. Like, if you are, um, like some, say somebody's noodling a barrel and you're just kind of about five feet or not five feet, like two or three feet, just away, stand in there, kind of watch it. Or if you're, or if you're blocking sure. the other side, because a lot of times the holes will have two sides. You have to have somebody to block one side. Yeah. That makes sense. So they can't escape, you know? Yeah. yeah and yeah, so yeah. you, you can feel the power of that fish. You can feel it just in the, the way that in the current, I guess, I, I don't know if you'd call it the current, but you know, whenever it flicks that water, you can feel it. And right. whenever it bites it, and especially even in a barrel and it, it's hitting the barrel and stuff too, it just sounds like a, like, you know, black cats or, or whatever. Boom, 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 boom. Oh, wow. It's crazy. And then whenever you're like, I'll never forget. We, we brought a friend out and he's like, Oh yeah, I got this. And so we went down and um, I was blocking one side of the hole. Christian went down to check if there was a fish in there and he was standing on top of the barrel um, because he had found the barrel. That's sometimes you have to kind of just walk around till you find it and you stand on it till everyone comes over there. He's standing on it. I'm um, walking. Christian goes to check it. There's a fish in there. Boom, 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 boom. And he's like, I can't do this. After, after hearing that, (laughs) and I promise you. Okay. So another trip when y'all, you could come down and noodle. You're going to hear that, and you're going to look at me. I am so down. Do not tempt me with that because I will show yeah, up. You, <laughs> and you're, and you're going to say, oh, that's what you're talking about. And I'm going to say, yeah, it is. <laughs> I'll be over here in the corner crying. <laughs> <laughs> I've, only, I've only got to noodle probably like, I don't know, six or seven, maybe eight times. Um because, right. well, I mean, I've noodled more than that, but that's about how many, I mean, I went filling, filling for holes because that is technically noodling, but actually finding a fish and pulling okay. one out only about right. that many times. And, and, and a couple of those times I didn't even get the fish out. They got away, you know, it was a learning lesson. Um, but I mean, what's your biggest fish? Like what, what, what's the biggest fish that you caught or do you even know? Yeah. 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 The biggest fish that I got, um, it was my very first fish, the one that I did not have a glove on. 
um, because we were just bow fishing. And then there it happened to be in there. And the guy said, oh, why don't you check that tire? Stuck my hand in there. And, oh, my gosh. I had never. Yes. <laughs> and so um, that fish, it was between 40 and 45 pounds. It was a really big one. Whenever I held it up. So I'm, I'm about 5'5", five, 5'5 five, five, five and a half. Um, and I, you know, how you hold the lip and you hold it up almost like you're, um, doing an upright row kind of, and you hold uh-huh. it, hold it up there. Right. So the, uh, the, the tail went all the way to the top of my foot. Does that make sense? Yeah. It's a long fish. Yeah. yeah. Is that that one on Instagram? Uh, I put, I have put that on Instagram. Is it the one, are you talking about? Which one actually? It looks like you got it's the one, one where over you're your holding shoulder. It. it comes, it goes like down to your. Like you got it over, yeah. the, over your shoulder. Is it thrown over my shoulder? Yeah. So the, yeah. the one thrown over my shoulder, um, is it a video or a picture? This is a picture. Okay. I think it's a picture. So I'm trying the picture to find one, right now. Yeah. that one is the one yeah, that I swam under, and and that was the bank one, the one where. That was the bank okay. one. Okay, I can imagine it gives you a pretty good adrenaline rush. Oh my gosh! Once I got it in there. Honestly, it biting you, it's, it's once you, whenever you go to pull it out of the water, that's whenever they go crazy and start flipping and twisting. That is the moment of truth. If you can hold it out of the water, you're good. That's, (laughs) (laughs) that's, that's, that's the mark of a, of a, of a proper, uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, you can, well, you can, it just, Man, you just have to do it. Once you do it, and and you can just feel the the strength of a fish. I mean, even a even a yeah. twenty five pound fish. You know what I'm saying? That I mean, that's a lot of fillets, man. You're you're speaking my language there. They got some. They have big tails, so it seems like they would be able to just whip that tail, which would cause all kinds of havoc when you when you're uh, trying to get them out of the water. So we're coming up on on an hour, and I don't want to keep you for too long. I know you're you're trying to pull du- double duty and watch your daughter, but. I'm going to ask you a question. I try and uh, ask everybody before we close things out. Actually, I do this every time. Chase, do you have anything else you wanted to touch on? I always forget to ask you, man. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, no, it just sounds like you uh, you got a real passion for the outdoors. So I can uh, appreciate that. I love to hunt. I love to fish and uh, all anything pretty much outdoors. So uh, I can appreciate your uh, love for the outdoors. And I, I mean, it looks like you do pretty much everything you can think of, whether it's shooting birds or i even seen you bow fishing stuff like that so uh it looks like you have a really good time and hey that's what it's all about in the outdoors is is having a good time and it looks like uh your your family does it too which is awesome so i can uh i can i can totally relate to that so and i appreciate you coming on the show yeah yeah of course thank you so here's my question okay give it to me you you (laughs) (laughs) have you have to pick between a hundred pound catfish. <laughs> okay. And and the next world record Rio. Which are you gonna pursue? A hundred pound catfish or the net world record Rio? Next. The next world record Rio. Yep. The world record. The world <laughs> Yep. The Rio. <laughs> yeah, it's the world record. Really? It's a world record, man. <laughs> the world record? Yeah. I mean, <laughs> We get hundred pound fish here in Oklahoma. <laughs> what's a what's a big what's a big catfish? What would be a world record catfish? Shoot, I don't know. Maybe. Well, it kind of depends. Pounds, I mean, if you're pounds? in the Amazon, you never know. But I know around here. I mean, a real like 
a really good fish is 100 pounds here. Um, but a, right. a game changer is like, I've seen, you never know if it's true or not, you know, whenever you see those articles, right, right, you know, right. passing through. But I mean, I've seen like 175 pound ones, but those ones, you pretty much have to go down and do it, you know, scuba. You know, there's some right. people that got and do the scuba stuff. And I'm like, yeah, that, that just isn't my cup of tea because they can take that uh, a fish that weighs more than you do can can do some damage and, and and could really you could really get hurt so i'm like nope and i told my husband nope <laughs> i'm like yeah you're you're too it's not worth it yeah yeah it's not worth it but I, I mean he's not really i mean that isn't that isn't his thing he likes i thought i thought a 100 pound catfish would be a 100 pound catfish worthy might be comparison a- could be a death wish as well. <laughs> it seems like because there are people that die noodling. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, all, all those falling rocks. I mean, if I could noodle, you know, a, a world record catfish safely. I mean, safely. Safely, I would. I would do that instead. And I know it sounds terrible. Really? I just, yeah. I, I mean, I want if, if I can, if I can take on something that is like the top. And beat it that, I mean, I'm competitive, you know, <laughs> so that's, that's what I want. I mean, but I don't know if yeah. they're, they're two different, they're two different things, but if there is something that has a little bit more of a challenge to it, that is what I'm going to do. I got you. Yeah. It seems to me, I mean, well, if you're talking about like a world record cat or a, a bird, I mean, the bird you could have, you're you were lucky enough for it to be on your property. I mean, to actually get yeah. in the the catfish, there's a lot more into it than just, oh, I got it. Like the the fight alone would be <laughs> the story. Well, thank you so much for for coming on. This has been an, an absolute blast, and I think uh, we're gonna have to plan a couple trips, uh, to Osceola hunt, <laughs> a noodling trip. We're gonna have to figure something out. But yeah, hang on, hang on one second while I close this out. I want to chat with you afterwards. Okay, but, perfect. Uh, Guys, this has been awesome. I've never talked noodling before. I know Chase was excited about that, uh, talking about that <laughs> specifically, and and we we hit that, and that was awesome. And now, I uh, I'm gonna have to figure out if I can noodle uh, around here. If Chase can 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 uh, find us a spot around here, but uh, sounds like a cool way to spend the I'll summer. Literally, like in the water. There you go. Well, guys, if you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to subscribe. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram. Leave us a rating and review if you'd be so kind. And until next time, get outside, go enjoy the outdoors, and have a blast.